Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. What have they told you at this point? When can you expect to actually have at a trial? At this point, there's just no expectation. There, there's no... You have no idea? No idea. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Twenty-two-year-old Donquavius Davis was shot to death in May of 2019. You know, you miss that beautiful smile of his, or the joking of his, and his, his just beauty. He was so handsome. A suspect was quickly arrested and charged with murder. But well over two years later, the Davis family is left waiting for justice. And this is not the only case on hold in the county. New tonight, the pandemic closed the courts for 16 months, creating an even bigger backlog for an already strapped system and leaving hundreds of families waiting for justice. There are more than 110 murder defendants awaiting trial, more than 130 sexual assault defendants waiting for court dates, more than 180 armed robbery suspects. In all, more than 900 people charged with violent felonies are awaiting justice in Mecklenburg County. Michelle Bowden joins us from WCNC in Charlotte, North Carolina. Michelle, the COVID-19 pandemic closed the courts in the Charlotte area in Mecklenburg County for 16 months. What has that meant for all of the cases that otherwise would have gone to trial in that time? Honestly, it's a mess. And the district attorney, he'll tell you that himself. He's actually said that publicly quite a few times at this point. Our courts were backed up even before the pandemic. Um, when we talked to the district attorney, Spencer Merriweather, he said in February of 2020, of course, just a few weeks before the shutdown, he had gone public at that point saying things were so backed up that his office needed additional resources. So they were already behind the eight ball. So at this point, if you think about 16 months of really no trials, specifically murder trials, any violent felonies. So those are all cases that have now been sitting backlogged. And when we asked him for some concrete numbers, he actually totaled up that it's about 900 um, violent felons that are awaiting trial right now, about 100 um, murder defendants. So that's an awful lot of people. And he said um, that he doesn't expect things to completely work through the system. He said it could take up to five to 10 years to get all of these cases through the system. And murder trials specifically, he felt like probably had about three to five years before they'd be resolved. February 2020, uh, I went before the community and told folks that they were waiting three years already uh, for cases to come into trial. And I said that we needed more resources. And now, uh, now we have just uh, suffered an unprecedented pandemic. Uh, and so that three-year wait has become a four-year wait. I have every expectation that it will become a five-year wait. So that's an awful long time uh, for people waiting for justice, you know, on both sides of the fence, for the families that really want some sense of closure. And also, if you think about defendants and their rights to a speedy trial, that's not happening either. So it's tough all the way around. And so the way you just laid it out, 
it sounds like this is a problem exacerbated by the pandemic, not necessarily caused by the pandemic. Exactly. That's that's actually the perfect way of putting it. Um, you know, they were behind the eight ball. Mecklenburg County is such a big county. And unfortunately, our crime rate has gone up, particularly violent, um, violent felonies and murders. We've actually been close to setting record numbers in the last couple of years. So there was already an issue of too many people moving through the system and not enough resources in the DA's um, office. But closing the courts for 15 months. It was unprecedented. And it was the kind of thing that if you think about sort of a natural disaster like a hurricane or a tornado, when things like that happen and the courts are shut down, they can move people to other courts nearby or in other jurisdictions. That obviously wasn't an option because the entire country was facing this exact same thing. So um, I've researched a little bit, not too much, but in working on this story, I spoke with people in other communities across the country. And there are similar stories all across the country about the backlog um, in courts. And as you mentioned, there are so many implications of delays like this on all sides of this. We have defendants who are considered innocent until proven guilty, seemingly waiting indefinitely for a trial. But in your reporting, you've been focused on the families left waiting for justice, in particular, the Davis family. What's their story? Yeah, we really felt like it was important when you have a story like this that can be hard to wrap your head around if you're not personally touched by a crime. And thankfully, most people are not. So we really wanted to put a face on it. Um, and one of the things that we started to do was we were digging in and talking with both the police department, the DA's office, and they told us about something that's been going on forever but has taken on more meaning. It is a monthly meeting um, of families of murder victims. Most, in, most of the cases, they're moms. And in this case, they started doing these meetings over Zoom because of everything that was shutting down. So we talked to some of those people that were involved in those meetings that literally it's their lifeline. They're talking to other people that can truly relate to what they're going through. And we, in doing that, reached out to Clydia Davis, um, who's just this, you know, incredible mom. She's just a mom, she'll tell you. She has five kids. And her second oldest son uh, was murdered back in May 2019. And we really got a chance to sort of understand what he was like as a person. Uh, he was a high school athlete, a standout athlete in basketball, football, rugby, and actually had planned on playing um, college football until he had a pretty severe injury. And so he had to take time out. And he was just turning 22 years old and was applying to UNC Charlotte, um, was hoping to get back on track. And actually, his girlfriend was a student at UNC Charlotte. So he was on campus the day before he died is actually when there was a deadly campus shooting. It made national news. Two students were killed. It was really horrible. And he happened to be on campus that day. And so he was really touched by that. And so the next morning, he called his mom and he said, you know, I want to do a, a vigil for the people that were killed and for all the students. They were very, this is a very religious family. He said, what's a good Bible verse that I could use? I mean, he said, Mama, what's a good prayer to pray? And I said, go to Psalms 119. Because he was going to pray for the students mm -hmm. at UNCC. And then after that, his last text to me was, love you, Mom. And so that was one of the last exchanges that he had with his mom. And actually, the last text message, you can imagine how difficult that was for her to talk about. Literally, the last text message was, love you, Ma. So that gives you an, an insight into sort of what this family was like, how close-knit they were. And so he was um, just at an off-campus apartment complex the day after that shooting happened. He was visiting his girlfriend. And the details are still a little murky, but basically, his mom says it was just an argument with someone he didn't know. It was a total misunderstanding. Her son didn't have a gun. Um, and this gentleman that he argued with 
pulled out a gun. This is all what we've been told by the police have backed this up. This is all the alleged facts at this point. Pulled out a gun, shot him three times, and it was the day after that police made the arrest in this case. And uh, his name is Javier Concepcion Perez. He was arrested the next day, so he's been in jail since then, awaiting trial. There was just one court appearance back in November 2020, um, and that's it, really. Uh, that's the only thing, only time he's been in court. And at that point, he um, rejected a plea deal. So the case is still very much ongoing. And when we asked when it might actually go to trial, it was just indefinitely on hold. So there, there's literally no court date. And this this is a crime dating all the way back to May uh, of 2019. Right, right. With this going back all the way to May of 2019, we talked about how some of these delays were going on prior to the pandemic. That was almost a year before the pandemic officially shut down the courts. I'm wondering how long it would typically take for a case like this to go to trial in your experience as a reporter in Charlotte. In recent years, it's been about two years, I would say, and then two to three maxing out at three. But I would say two years was probably the average. And, you know, that's not great either, um, but it's better than five years, which is what the DA says he's probably looking at right now. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. What has this window of time been like then for the Davis family as they await the trial of Don Quavius's accused killer? You know, it's interesting. You could ask for that question um, and get a different answer depending on the time of day. I've been in touch with this family so much in doing this story and get a different answer because at times she says it's a relief. That one time that she did have to go to court when he rejected the plea deal, she said it was truly traumatic being in court, um, being in the same room as him. And so she is what she likes the idea or she's grateful for the idea that she doesn't have to see him on a regular basis. But on the flip side, there, there's no closure to this. Nobody is being held accountable. Um, the person accused has not been able to stand trial. And so that's very hard for her as well. You, you get the anxiety and the anger, like just wondering what's going to happen. So I just think it's a, this double-edged sword. Um, and she says some days she literally can't get out of bed. And the only thing that keeps her going is her other children um, and these Zoom calls with other moms. She's very much in touch with them. She's also very grateful, we learned in doing this, that the DA's office and the police, when they're on the call, they do the best they can to keep these parents and families informed. Once a month, just sort of, here's the status. Unfortunately, the status really hasn't changed. And they've only done, the courts have only been open, I think, a couple of months at this point. They tried to open uh, back in the fall when things seemed to be settling down with COVID last fall. I think they had three mistrials uh, because of COVID, two were because of COVID, and that was it. The court shut down again. So since they've re reopened, they've only had four murder trials. And, and that's just not a lot, obviously. And so what does all of this mean now for the Davis family as the courts are sort of open again. Is there any word at all on when they could see this case that they've been waiting on for well over two years go to trial? None, literally none whatsoever. We asked both um, Ms. Davis if she'd heard anything and we talked to the district attorney. He didn't want to talk specifics about any specific case, but he said in general, it's just an indefinite time frame. Uh, but Ms. Davis herself said they have no idea. They've been told they have no idea when this could go to trial. We are two years past and you don't have any closure. There hasn't been a trial. 
someone's charged in the case, but there hasn't been a trial. The toughest thing about it is that once again, you see that criminals are not getting the responsibility that they need. What have they told you at this point? When can you expect to actually have at a trial? At this point, there's just no expectation. There, there's no... You have no idea? No idea. I'm sure this isn't a simple question to answer, but pandemic aside, who or what is to blame for all of the delays? What have folks you've talked to said might be the root cause of this? Oh, I think it's several things. I mean, we've touched on a little bit. I mean, bottom line, there's just not enough resources. There's not enough people working in the district attorney's office. There's not enough money to fund them. And uh, right now, they're actually, the legislature is considering cutting an additional position. So they're fighting for that right now at the DA's office. So it's a combination of resources and also increased crime in recent years. There are just more people coming through the system. Michelle Bowden with WCNC. Thanks for joining us once again to share the story. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new episode five days a week. If you're looking for more podcasts after that, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows. That includes our newest podcast, Strangeville. That's available now. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. Redmond.